halfway through the movie, I'm like, Spider-Verse? I thought this was a musical. (laughs) (laughs) Probably would have been great, too. Doc Octave. Oh, do you have more? Oh, no, do you have more? Okay. Is this movie rated PG-13 for violence? (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, anyway, welcome to another episode of Screen Fix. I am JC, with me, as always, the co-host that carries the show. Say hi to everybody, Lady One. Hello. This particular episode was a listener suggestion. One of our fixers out there in the world named Joey. Thank you for the suggestion. And what is the movie that Joey has asked us to fix today? Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Trailer. My name is Peter Parker. I'm pretty sure you know the rest. I saved the city, fell in love, then I saved the city again and again and again. Look, I'm a comic book, a serial, I did a Christmas album, and a so-so popsicle. But this isn't about me. Not anymore. My name is Miles Morales. I'm the one and only Spider-Man. At least that's what I thought. You ever hear the Super Collider? You're gonna love this. Dimension opening now. You're like me. That's impossible. All right, kid, listen up. This fry is your universe. It's soggy, it's weird, it's gross. And this delicious normal fry is my universe. Hey, guys. Who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. I'm from another, another dimension. How many more spider people are there? Hey, fellas. This could literally not get any weirder. It can get weirder. Okay. We need to get back to our universes soon. If I don't destroy the collider, none of us will have a home to go home to. Remember, what makes you different... Let's go! ...is what makes you Spider-Man. Officer, I love you. (laughs) Wait, what? <laughs> Could have been. That's a shame. Would have been cool. Okay, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse animated sensation nominated for an Academy Award mm-hmm. for Best Animated Feature. I think deserving. This was directed by Bob... Persichetti. Persichetti. <laughs> Peter Ramsey and Rodney Rotham. Written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rotham, the story by Phil Lord as well. Phil Lord, one half of Phil Lord and Lord Chris and Taylor. Miller. Oh, just kidding. That's a dated reference now. <laughs> that's, that's like a like, department store. <laughs> yeah, that's a place where like my grandma would take me. And when she went into like the bra section, I would have to like avoid it and stand out into in the in the in the aisle, pr- pretending like I was looking at wristwatches. You were uncomfortable in the bra section, big time. What what little boy wasn't <laughs> uncomfortable in the bra section? I used to when I would take my brother to Walmart with me, I would purposefully walk us through the bra section just so he would be like, no, ew, ew, no. He hated it. I'd be like, no, we have to go this way. Because you you cross that line into that section and like your like pervert alarm just goes off. Like, oh my God, I'm a pervert. I'm being a pervert. Everyone thinks I'm a pervert. It's like you get that pervert anxiety. Yeah. Oh my God. It was so fun to do to him. He hated it. <laughs> First time I'd ever walked into like a Victoria's Secret, I had to like get over my like phobia. Ooh. Like I, I had to be like, okay, look. <laughs> Everything in this place is meant to freak you out and make you feel like a pervert. (laughs) 
They even keep the underwear in fake drawers. So it looks like I'm rummaging through panty drawers. Everything. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, I don't like that either. I'm also uncomfortable with the idea of just digging through drawers. Just go in there. We'll get through this. Come out here with some panties and bras. Okay? I was like, your mom wanted these. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway, how do we get on that? So anyway, uh, <laughs> Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Uh, Phil Lord, of course, is one half of that duo. That brought us 21 Jump Street, the Lego movie, known for kind of taking tired properties and squeezing everything they can out of it and giving us uh, the goods. Also famously fired as directors of Solo. And there's a ton of voice talent in here. We've got the voice of Shamik Moore as Miles Morales. Jake Johnson is our... Peter B. Parker. Chris Pine was Peter Parker who dies. (gasps) Haley Steinfeld is Spider-Gwen. Liev Schreiber is... Kingpin. Mahershala Ali is... Aaron Davis. Prowler. Is the uncle, who is also the Prowler. Brian Tyree Henry is the dad. Lily Tomlin is... Aunt May. Zoe Kravitz. Mary Jane. John Mulaney is (laughs) Spider-Ham. Nick Cage, which I didn't even know he was in this for some reason. Like, I I feel like I read it before I went into the movie, but it still surprised me. It's so cool. To hear Nick Cage's voice coming out of some animated character. (laughs) He is noir Spider-Man. Catherine Hahn is Doc Ock and Kimiko Glenn is Penny Parker Peni <laughs> no it's Penny it's spelled Peni it's, it's one letter from you know what like what if there were two of them <laughs> or what if something belongs to her then it's Penny. their penis <laughs> no <laughs> uh no. anyway <laughs> Uh, outstanding voice cast so good a little bit about the animation so this the reason why this movie is getting a lot of attention aside from being just a a solid spider-man story the animation in it is groundbreaking it's not like anything that you've seen before brought to life on screen it very much looks like a living comic book it's very uh, artistic they purposely didn't want it to look like uh, a pixar movie they didn't use any motion blur Uh, they wanted everything to stand out they wanted the characters to even look kind of like exaggerated and jerky everything in it is purposely done to just shock your eyeballs it's so crazy to look at it's and so good it is absolutely gorgeous uh the film's vfx supervisor which was danny dimian he says the whole movie is grounded in what we call stepped animation that means the animation doesn't change every single frame characters will be held for one frame two frames three frames so that their motion looks jittery we didn't use motion blur either we were trying to find the right spirit in the way that all animated productions go through a period of freeform exploration we were going through styles and ideas looking for something that felt right and found that traditional rendering techniques just weren't working for us and i think they did create something ground breaking whether it was using like pop art dots or mm. sometimes they would have the colors blur like the blue and the red yeah, would be blurring in a cool. way that almost made the 2d look 3d yeah. at times and uh, they use splats and blobs that are characteristics of jack kirby so miles morales is of course spider-man from the ultimate universe not in our regular 616 universe actually since secret wars he is now and actually him and his family have no recollection of being in the ultimate universe but Uh, We're getting a film here with Miles Morales where all of these different dimensions, all these other universes that all these Spider-Men and ladies 
cohabitate. And pigs. Animals. Spider things. All the spider things we have here crashing together to create this wonderful story. We obviously loved it. How did this movie do? Why don't you lay on us, Lady Wan, those fresh hot stats. So this movie opened at number one back when it came out December 14th. I made $35 million in the U.S. And as of February 2019, it is up to $176 million in the U.S. and another $172 million overseas. So that's $348 million bucks. Wow! Yeah. The budget was $90 million, So good job, everybody. Not bad. And I'm sure it's continuing to get a boost from its Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. People are ponying up the cash. But are they saying yay or nay <laughs> on the tomato meter? What do you got for us, Lady One? <laughs> so this movie is 97% fresh. That's crazy. But totally deserved. And 94% of audiences liked it. I am definitely in the 94%. I thought this movie was amazing. I loved it. And as you said, it is nominated for Best Animated Picture at the Oscars this year. It's up against Incredibles 2, I Love Dogs, Ralph Breaks the Internet, and Mirai. And without seeing any of those other movies, I am confident that this movie deserves the Oscar. Yeah, I'm sure when this movie came out, Wes Anderson went, God damn it. Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I should have just waited. Man, yeah. (laughs) All right, so we are going to fix this thing. But before we just start fixing, a lot of people work on a movie, especially an animated movie. We're not here to just rip on a movie. We're here to be constructive. We're here to just have fun. Why don't you give us one thing that you liked about this movie, Lady One Go? It's hard for me to pick just one because I really love this movie. So first of all, Spider-Man in general is just like my favorite superhero. I like his vibe. I like that he's always saving New York and not the world. Is that because you're from New York? A little bit, but also just like, I just... I don't know, I like... Biased. Well, yeah, it's the greatest city on the planet. Sorry, not sorry. You mess with me, you mess with New York! You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us! You like that he's leaving people in Wichita to die. Yeah, they can get their own, like, spider person. I don't care. Does suburban Spider-Man work? Like, how does he swing places? He's just looking for cell towers. That's it. (laughs) That's all he can work with. I like Spider-Man. And then this whole voice cast on this movie was amazing. Some of my favorite people. The soundtrack also is killer. I love it. I love it. This movie's fantastic. This is really hard to fix. All right. So what's the thing you like? Everything. You, I, I think you just <laughs> you think you just said, I like Spider-Man and I like the music and I like the movie. Like, what, Yeah, you were like, tell me one thing. That... And I was like, I will tell you all of the things. I don't follow direction. <laughs> I loved everything about this movie. I loved the style of the animation. I loved the story. I loved the acting. I loved the music. I, it was just great. And also I loved the post-credit scene. Oh, uh, based on the, the yeah. meme. Yeah. With the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other? <laughs> it was so perfect. Was good. Do you have just one thing you liked about this movie? Can you follow direction? or? I also liked that, once again, Phil Lord was willing to go with a good story that was also kind of bonkers. Like, Spider-Man's been done so many times. What are you going to do with Spider-Man? Yeah, this is the seventh Spider-Man movie so spider-man is uh, oversaturated huh how about i do a spider-man movie with all the spider-men like right? like he's just like that seems to be his mo is just taking things that shouldn't work and making them work and i appreciate him as a filmmaker mm-hmm. and i thought that he did it yet again so i liked the story that he chose here Ugh, it's so good i want to go watch it right now Instead of watching it right now, just describe it to me briefly. So, be- <laughs> so before we get to fixing, I'm going to give you a brief 
plot summary. Again, we've heard your complaints. Mike. Loud and clear. So we're going to give you the brief summary here from Movie Pooper on the moviespoiler.com. Movie Pooper wiping away the excess. I still hate it when you say that. Brooklyn Teen. Miles Morales is given powers after a radioactive spider bites him. He comes across a super collider established by Wilson Fisk, a.k.a. Kingpin, which he is using as a means to find another dimension where his wife and child are alive. After a fight with the Green Goblin, Fisk murders Peter Parker, leaving all of New York mourning Spider-Man. That was a dark beginning, right? Real dark. The Collider opens up multiple dimensions that bring other spider people to Miles' universe. He meets an alternate Peter Parker whose life has gone downhill, including a divorce from Mary Jane. You know, it happens to 50% gut. of all. And a gun. <laughs> and he's got a bit of the dad bod. <laughs> they team up with Gwen Stacy, who is Spider-Gwen. They team up with Spider-Man Noir. Peni Parker. It's Penny. Come on, man. And Spider-Ham. <laughs> They fight back against Kingpin's henchmen, which include Goblin, Doc Ock, Scorpion, and Prowler, who is secretly Miles' uncle, Aaron Davis. <gasps> Kingpin kills Aaron after he refuses to kill Miles. The spider people decide to stop Kingpin themselves because Miles is inexperienced. However, he musters up the strength and courage to fight back himself. The spider people attempt to stop the collider at a gala, and Miles heads in to join them. They fight off the henchmen as the collider turns on and the dimensions are open. The spider people head home while miles stays to fight kingpin and shut down the collider kingpin is arrested <laughs> miles becomes the new spider-man of his universe and may have found a way to keep in touch with gwen through dimensions what i don't know i just pictured miles going out having a couple drinks and then like dimensionally texting gwen <laughs> you up he's a child <laughs> that's that's the plot summary now that that's all out of the way it is time to fix this movie are you ready to do this spider wan Ooh, yes <laughs> what did you do with lady wan who is this are you from another dimension well what's happening <laughs> hello i'm jc ham <laughs> where's the spider part let's fix this movie you sound like movie phone guy <laughs> john mulaney kind of sounds like movie phone guy <sighs> i love him Lady Wand, why don't you lay on us your first fix? My first fix for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is the moment where we get the introduction of Spider-Ham, Penny Parker, and Spider-Man Noir. We get all three of those at the same time. They're all just chilling at Aunt May's house when Peter B. Parker, Miles Morales, and Spider-Gwen go there. We get screen shares between the three of them, just like, hey, here's our stories real quick. And I understand they're supposed to be kind of like second tier on this team, but... They're just like down in that basement, and they all for some reason trust each other. And then also, none of them left the basement to go like figure out why they're there. They're just like chilling down there, playing checkers. They're definitely the three weirdest spider people. (laughs) Like the three that belong in this universe the least. And they're just like, whatevs, it's fine. We're in Aunt May's basement. Don't they freak out being like, this world is not like mine. (laughs) Right. Like, fine if you want to not spend as much time on explaining their backstory and their universe and all of that. But it would have been more entertaining if we got pickups for the three of them instead of they're just all in the basement 
waiting to tell you their story. You know, we can have Penny's on her way to school because she's thinking she's in her universe and they like go and scoop her up. Spider-Ham, maybe he's in a petting zoo at a kid's birthday party for sure. And he's freaking out the kids talking to them. I mean, if he's, you know, he's the only talking animal, if he's in there, maybe the petting zoo is the only place he could pork. Very uncomfortable. Anyway, (laughs) and of course, Spider-Man Noir would be at some like prohibition themed bar in New York City and they'd have to go. Oh, that's hilarious. Prohibition themed bar. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, he's definitely, like, getting picked up, like, in Brooklyn. Yeah. Like, he's with the he's hipsters. Like, he's, like, ordering, like, old-timey drinks. He's like... Something with egg whites in it, for sure. <laughs> Something with egg whites. <laughs> JC, what's your first fix? Both of my fixes happened kind of towards the end of the movie. Because that's where I thought things were, like, getting a little weird getting a little convenient, getting a little silly, getting a little head scratchy. Okay. I had a problem with the fact that all of these spider people, besides Gwen Stacy and Peter Parker, they they meet him once down in the dead Peter Parker basement, (laughs) and um, they see that he kind of isn't as skilled as they are. They even see that he kind of glitches invisible and but he can't really control it yet mm-hmm. yeah. and they're just like yeah no you're not coming with us you're <laughs> you're a liability you're tr- you know screw screw you i'm like why why are they such dicks i know it's his to first him? week like, it's, being a spider person and they had no sympathy yeah. for him whatsoever and they're just like oh okay well we all need to get back to our dimension and uh you're just gonna screw it up peter parker like volunteers to stay behind and die like, essentially leaving his dimension of mm-hmm. new york with no yeah, Spider-Man. Not cool. So essentially almost allowing crime to run amok. Nice. Like negligent. Terrible. Right? Like when my mom would leave me at home. This is the latchkey Spider-Man. No, anyway. So yes, negligent. And um, so here's my problem with this. Aside from the fact that just Peter Parker staying behind is dumb. Uh-huh. And the fact that them being like, oh, you're going to be garbage. Get, <laughs> you know, stay behind whatever you're new whatever you're gonna be terrible first of all they all need to get back to their dimension they need to plug in a little usb or whatever into a hole and miles morales can turn invisible like he he hasn't mastered it yet but wouldn't someone who can turn invisible be the perfect complement to the mission that you are trying to do yep Instead of being these mean Spider-Men, and I don't imagine Peter Parker being mean, a mean person, or or, or any of these Spider-Men being just like dicks. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, peni. Is that plural? So, what they should do mm-hmm. is they should take this guy on a side mission to boost his confidence and teach him the spider webs. You, you know, the, the ropes. The spider ropes. I like it. So they should be training him, teaching him, and then he's ready to do it. They believe in him, Uh but he doesn't quite believe in himself yet, right? So he's actually the one that's like reluctant, but it's like, we've done the mission. You did a great job. You learned some new skills. It wasn't perfect, but you can can hone in your invisibility better now. Uh We got to go do this. We don't have much time. We're glitching. We're counting on you. You can do this. He turns invisible. Peter Parker goes back to his world, you know, and everything is uh, good and better. So that's my first fix. I love it. If you could turn invisible, what, what would you do? Ooh. I, it's terrible that I definitely just want to steal things. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, what's your 
Lady Wan, why don't you lay on us your next fix? So during one of the battles in the movie, the Prowler, who is Aaron Davis, who's Miles' uncle, mm-hmm. is ordered to kill Miles by Kingpin. And Miles already knows that the Prowler is his uncle, so as a way of not getting murdered, he reveals himself to the Prowler. And Kingpin is a real dick, and he kills the Prowler for showing mercy to Spider-Man. And Spider-Man takes his uncle's body away from the fight and lays him down in an alley right when his dad, the cop, is rolling in. And he gets away really quickly, but we have this moment where the dad is finding his brother dead, being placed in an alley by Spider-Man. Yeah. It is the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man scene, basically, where he's dropping off the Green Goblin, and Harry sees him and thinks, like, Spider-Man killed my dad. Yeah, this is totally 100% being set up for the dad to hate Spider-Man. Yes, and even earlier in the movie, he's like, I don't like that Spider-Man guy. Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in once a day, zip zaps off Nancy's over. He's like, I don't like how he operates above the law. He does his own thing. And that scene should just reinforce it. Yes, like he is already not into the the vigilante style of Spider-Man. And then his brother is killed. You know, you'd probably be a little mad if you thought Spider-Man killed your brother. And uh, it seems like they're setting us up for this long-term conflict that the father is just going to have his hatred of Spider-Man reinforced by this situation. And somehow at the end of the movie, like, he's just cool with Spider-Man? No. That conflict dissolves completely. It goes nowhere. Yeah. So my fix really is just to not confuse me. Don't have him see that Spider-Man has brought Aaron Davis to the alley. Yeah. Just don't have yeah. him see that at all because you're you're making me think that there's going to be this deeper conflict that never pays off. They did not follow that to its logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of confused me. That's normal, though. What? That's rude. (laughs) JC, what's your final fix? My final fix is for the end of this movie. What? The end? Yes. That's so logical. The end, right? How do you think of this stuff? It's almost like I have a plan. Oh, my gosh. And that feeds right into Kingpin. (gasps) I mean, his name means mob boss (laughs) right so you know you figure somebody who is at the top mob boss in the city is probably pretty smart and calculated right yeah he's got a big old head i mean if he's able to become the top mob boss in the city controlling everything he's probably a smart guy then why in the heck is the lab where the collider is underneath where kingpin is having a gala he's obviously keeping up a ruse as a businessman and philanthropist Mm -hmm. i mean mj is there yeah so she obviously believes that he's a good person i mean he's throwing a a spider-man like funeral ball (laughs) what is this event (laughs) what is it what are they like a benefit or a, what what is it a i don't know like a fundraiser i don't know some kind of seems like a funeral ball some kind of dead peter parker party yeah. so anyway they're <laughs> so he's throwing this party and that's completely ridiculous that the the collider is below this party because the first time that he did the collider there was an earthquake yeah. in the city uh-huh and he has nothing to gain at all if this doesn't work yeah 
right? Except causing another earthquake, potentially killing a whole bunch of people in the city, it being tracked back to his collider machines. Mm -hmm. It absolutely makes no sense for the collider to be underneath a gallop that he's currently throwing. It's a very reckless plan for somebody who's probably a smart, calculated mob boss, right? you'd think. Even if this plan works, at best, he causes another earthquake Mm -hmm. and a woman and a child from another dimension pop through, not his dimension, who are probably going to completely freak out. Yeah. Not a great plan. Totally. And also get on the radar of every superhero, police officer, detect, just the whole thing's bad. Like, there's nothing good that comes from him having this collider right where a gala is. But that said, I liked the gala. I mean, it was a little convenient that everyone had Spider-Man masks <laughs> on, but it's it's okay. That's a kid's movie. But also there was the part where Peter Parker apologizes to current Dimensions MJ. That part was also kind of cathartic for him. But this is what I think. Split the ending in two locations, all right? So there, the gala is happening at another amazing building that Kingpin owns. And the Collider is in some other building that he owns right Mm -hmm. split the ending into some of our spider-men and ladies go to this gala to distract kingpin and some others go to the lab which is located somewhere else the ones at the gala fail and kingpin is alerted and contacts the others in the rogues gallery to head to the lab where they already have their hands full with doc ock it's just a small change but i think it makes more sense and doesn't make kingpin look like a moron (laughs) yeah i like it one time I dressed up like Spider-Man when I was a little kid, but I wasn't at a gala. I was at this kid Robbie's Halloween party. <laughs> and I was bobbing for apples, and when I came up out of the water, I had a bug hanging out of my nose. <laughs> I had a green goblin. <laughs> okay, so... Without further ado, I guess we should consider Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Screen Fix. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. I'm dancing. They can't see. Web. Web. I got sick moves. MJ. MJ. Do you have any final thought, Lady One? I do. All right. So I love me some John Mulaney. I enjoy his stand-up. I think his part on Big Mouth is hilarious. Fantastic show. Um, Just in general, I like him. And there is a video on YouTube of outtakes from when he was recording his Spider-Ham voice where he got a real potty mouth on him. So stuff that was (laughs) never going to make it into the movie. But uh, it's a hilarious video to just see him doing the Spider-Ham voice, just swearing up a storm. It's real great. Damn right. Oh, you bastards. And how the is he gonna do that and how the f- exactly is he gonna do that two days <laughs> i've been spider ham 30 f- years did you know also that out of all of those different spider-men the oldest one was peter porker what he first appeared in uh, a comic in 1983 <laughs> that's crazy a comic called Marvel Tales, starring Peter Porker, the spectacular Spider-Ham. That's amazing. Uh, the beginning of this movie, when they're 
showing uh, Peter Parker before he dies, the one voiced by Chris Pine, mm. going through the things that he's done in his life. Yeah. He's just rehashing the Sam Raimi Spider-Man I movies. I love those movies. <laughs> yeah, he does. he's just rehashing those. It's like when he's emo Peter and then he... Uh, he does the terrible dancing. The train scene from Spider-Man 2, oh. the upside down kiss uh, is in it. But I thought that was, that was funny that uh, Chris Pine's original Peter Parker is basically just Toby Maguire. <laughs> it's Toby Maguire's Spider-Man. Yeah. It was such a fun movie in terms of referencing other things that you might know or you might not know, but it's still equally enjoyable even if you didn't know going into that like what all those specific references were to. It was still really fun. I love this movie. Awesome. I also thought this movie was a lot of fun even if the ending does kind of put you into an epileptic fit. Why don't you send us home? Lady Wan. So you can reach us here at the show by sending an email to screenfixpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook, ScreenFixPodcast, or on Twitter and Instagram at ScreenFixPod. And feel free to send us your fix suggestions on any of those platforms. You can also listen to the show on Spotify, Libsyn, Google Play, Stitcher, and of course, Apple Podcasts. And if you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell a friend. We also have a Patreon account uh, where you can donate to the show if you like us. Uh, We have dreams of keeping this going for as long as we can, as well as opening up a one-screen movie theater to be the home of podcasting and movie marathons and film festivals and all kinds of fun stuff. A couple shout-outs to some of our more active fixers out there. (laughs) Thanks for your glass comments. Alex Lumen, Dusty Lee Miller, Mario Gonzalez, Jack Farrell, Lamont Anderson, Wyatt Gilliams, and even Al Stinson, who got a little nasty, but it you know, it's it's fine. And also Bradley Pickle Simon, which I hope that's a real name. I hope so too. So interact with us on social media. Thanks everybody. All right, let's leave everybody with your best Peter Porker coming on to a female pig at the petting zoo. Hey there. I'm Peter Porker. You're doing it like the movie phone guy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm John Mulaney. <laughs> Is he a cow? John Mulaney? I'm Peter Porker. Let me put the gravy on those pork chops. It's very weird. <laughs> and it still sounds like movie phone guy. I'd like to baste that spiral ham. <laughs> How about we go behind that hay bale and I'll show you what I'm all a snout. This little piggy went home tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> what's yours you got one hey babe you're aging like a fine swine all right tune in next week when we will be fixing the lego movie 2 the second part yeah which means send us those fixes do it now all right bye everybody bye. seems like
seems like more people complain about us than like us. I reject this notion. Is that just showbiz, baby? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think that the uh, criticisms resonate more because everybody hates themselves. Curmudgeons, man. And, 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 how, <laughs> and how come most of the complaint messages come like after midnight? <laughs> Like what? What are these? What are these people doing? Like watching the late programs? <laughs> Old man Frank Castle? Is that you? <laughs> when they should be out getting a decent job. <laughs> They're there on their on their Apple machines <laughs> in the dark. Oh no! Haven't been outside since Mork and Mindy was on the air. <laughs> That's such an old reference. You give me shit. Morgan, Mindy, get out of here. 